right, folks, and welcome aboard to this Monday night edition Philip Ward Show. We have now entered the 728th day of slowing the spread. By the way, have you noticed there's still people out there wearing masks? Folks, I'm not kidding you. Over the weekend, I saw three or four people literally wearing three masks. I'm like, you got, why stop there? I mean, at that point, put on four, put on five, put on six. Oh my God. And imagine, imagine if they still got COVID after that. Whoa, they would be ticked. Anyway, 728th day, the Joe Unity Biden administration now has 1,042 days left for all of us to endure. And folks, things are bad and they ain't getting any better. Today, the national average for a gallon of gas, $4.32 last Monday, it was $4.09. Oh my goodness. Oh, and literally just before we came on the air, just a minute ago, actually, Trey Yinkst, who, um, is a Fox News reporter. He's been in Ukraine covering uh, what's going on, the inv- Russia's invasion of Ukraine. He literally just tweeted, and I'm not kidding, a minute ago, huge explosion in downtown Kiev. Now, Fox News reporter, journalist, Benjamin Hall, we had this headline come out earlier today. Fox News journalist, Benjamin Hall, wounded in Ukraine. So now, folks, we have an American, oh, and, and we have another American journalist who has actually died in Ukraine. I mean, it is it is so dangerous what's going on over there. So, folks, I just say, spare a thought for the journalists who are report. I mean, the, there's no other way to describe it, and I don't care. You propaganda news, CNN, MSDNC, NBC, ABC, CBS, you know, if you're a, or if you're even a journalist from any other country, I have just so much respect and admiration for the work that they're doing. I mean, here's Benjamin Hall, who I've watched plenty of times on Fox News, who was uh, wounded today in Kiev. Uh, quote, Hall was reporting outside Ukraine's capital when he was hurt, said uh, Fox News CEO Suzanne Scott. Uh, Scott said Hall is hospitalized. She has no details uh, on his condition earlier today, John Roberts, who's a um, uh, reporter, uh, anchor, I guess you would call it. On but remember John Roberts, by the way, John Roberts went into he's like a studio guy now. You know, John Roberts used to travel. He was with the White House press pool. Uh, he was like the Fox. Uh, I don't know. They, they, you know, these anchors and reporters of all these fancy different titles, like Fox News senior White House chief correspondent. <laughs> I mean, it's just the White House reporter. It's as simple as that. Um, But earlier today, he reported it on Fox, quote, this is news that we hate to pass along to you, but it's obviously what happens sometimes in the middle of a conflict. We're working as hard as possible to get the best information that we possibly can. Um, So I just want to extend, you know, I just want to say my, my, my prayers, my, you know, wishes for Benjamin Hall to get better. Uh, my, you know, my thoughts are with his family at this point in time. Very odd. Yesterday, he literally tweeted, 
R.I.P. U.S. journalist Brent Renaud uh, killed in Irpine just outside of Kiev when the car he was in came under fire. So we have an American journalist who's injured in Ukraine. We have an American journalist who has died in Ukraine. That goes to show you how, how dangerous, how deadly, how truly horrific and scary the events are that are going on in Ukraine. And, and literally as we speak right now. Um, over the weekend, Ukrainian National Police said yesterday an American journalist was killed. Two, uh, at least two others were wounded when they came under fire by Russian forces, folks. Now, again, I, I can't confirm that to be correct. I don't even know if our own State Department can confirm that to be correct. I don't even know if the Ukrainian forces, if the Russian forces, you know, in a time of war, how can you differentiate between facts and propaganda? I mean, it, it's one of the hardest things to do during a war. But the, these reports, you know, the Ukrainian National Police are saying um, that it was Russian forces who injured two journalists and killed this other journalist. The uh, main directorate of the National Police in Kiev region tweeting, tweeting photos yesterday purportedly showing a bloodied journalist, his U.S. passport, his press badge enclosed in a U.S. peacekeeper holder. Both documents bore identification photos in the name Brent Renaud. Uh, press badge was labeled New York Times, listed names of uh, uh, listed names of a senior and executive producers for Renaud, and the address of the New York City office uh, for the New York Times. Uh, so, I mean, folks, it's just it, it, I, I, my heart breaks for for all those people. My heart breaks for Renaud and his family. Um, I mean, God bless him. May he rest in peace. It's just, it, it's so sad. It's sad. It's horrific. On top of that, you have Ukrainian civilians who are being injured, who are being killed. You know, and why? Because Vladimir Putin is an egotistical, murderous dictator. Vladimir Putin is the definition of the word evil, folks. But again, we have to differentiate or at least try our very best to you know, between the facts and the propaganda. I read a very good piece, and it's worth sharing with you um, tonight. This was earlier today in the American Conservative. Peter Van Buren, who um, spent a year in Iraq as a State Department Foreign Service officer, writes this headline earlier today. Tell, quote, tell me how Ukraine ends. And again, folks, I this is one of the most... I mean, it's it's a sober piece. It's it's you know, there's not much sway between the two countries. Like I I really don't think he sort of has an agenda uh, when he's writing this. I think I think he takes a look at it just from a you know a, a guy who's got an understanding of foreign policy. Um, and again, a guy you know who spent a year um, in Iraq. He literally says in the opening days of the Iraq War 2.0, a wiser, not yet general. David Petraeus famously asked, quote, tell me how this ends. Well, Petraeus understood that how wars end is more important than why they were even started in the first place. So he says, he asked the question, so how does the current war in Ukraine end? And he offers different scenarios. I want to um, take some poll quotes here. He says, Petraeus said with a straight face about the Russians, everyone in the entire country of Ukraine 
hates them and most of the adults are willing to take action against them whether it's to take up weapons or whether it's to even be human shields now putin seeks something much simpler other well, you know america's goal is to create you know democracy in iraq um in the middle east i should say so uh van buren makes the argument putin seeks something much simpler a buffer territory between him and nato he does not care about hearts and minds i would add to that he doesn't care about civilians he doesn't care about innocent men women or children he cares about nothing vladimir putin other than recreating the ussr taking the the many things that ukraine has to offer the ports the minerals that's all in ukraine that's all vladimir putin really cares about and again i think above all else i think vladimir putin really truly loves his ego more than anything um he writes propaganda riven with sympathy for the plucky defenders has dominated the early days of the ukraine war this purposefully uh created a false sense of russian setbacks and a misunderstanding of the russian strategy and if you remember folks i shared these um pieces with you the wall street journal was writing about um how that well maybe uh let me actually i have the headline here how might the ukraine uh how might the war in ukraine end and they were saying uh although predictions are next to impossible military strategists are focusing on several factors one thing becoming clear is that the performance of russia's military thus far is delivering putin a reality check potentially scrambling the range of outcomes um i have a piece as well tonight that's in the daily mail and if you remember i also had a piece in the daily mail bill Raggio was writing putin's not crazy russian invasion is not failing the west's delusion about this war and its failure to understand the enemy and that's kind of um that dovetails into what peter van buren uh, says here he says the west sort of saying that the ukrainian forces and the ukrainian civilians the ukrainian soldiers I, I, anyone at all you know who's in ukraine and fighting uh is creating this false sense that the russians are being set back he says the russians are executing a standard mechanized mechanized excuse me warfare maneuver in line with their goals attacking south from belarus to link up forces acting northward from crimea now when they link up south of kiev ukraine will be split into two kiev may be bypassed or it may be destroyed but that is secondary to the larger strategic maneuver another russian thrust from east to west seeks to cut the nation into quarters so ukrainian forces cannot reinforce one another now he says forget all the silliness about the russians running out of gas their supply lines are short many russian forces are within 70 miles of their own border protected and over decent roads this is what is happening on the ground ukrainian forces are in no position to do anything but delay it he says watching war through a smartphone i think this is a very powerful statement i really do watching war through a smartphone from a peaceful country may help you believe the russian assault is going poorly but that is at odds with the facts and i would add to that as well 
this you know it's the same people who are running around social media and putting ukraine in their twitter box biography or on their instagrams and they're showing solidarity all with we're with ukraine we're with the ukrainian people those same exact people were the ones that were created that just literally posted a black image on instagram and the twitter box and we're saying oh well a hashtag black lives matter i mean it i i'm so sick and tired of, of seeing things like this you know the the symbolic gestures and of course it's, it's always liberals too it's always liberals all oh, we care so much can't you see what we're doing i'm showing my support on social media i mean you know take action folks it's it, all words and symbols and gestures you know there there's again there's a real war happening here it's it this is happening in ukraine in front of our very eyes I mean, I, 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 it's a phenomenal statement. Watching war through a smartphone from a peaceful country may help you believe the Russian assault's going poorly. I mean, maybe that helps you and you think, well, the Ukrainians are still, have a fighting chance. And, and by the way, Joe Unity Biden, I, I am very much blaming him for what's going on with the Ukrainian, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I really do. Because Vladimir Putin looks at Joe Biden and he knows that Joe Biden is a weak leader. He knows that Joe Biden is inept. He knows that Joe Biden is incompetent. He knows Joe Biden mentally is struggling. He is no longer there, folks. You know, he was talking about, uh, well, these bills and what we're going to pass, we're going to help you sell cattle. Like, sell cattle, Joe? What are you talking about? And then he was getting angry. I'm sick of the American people thinking it's government spending. Now he's fed. Now he's sick and tired and fed up with the American people. I mean, again, you think Joe Biden's like this nicer, older grandpa wearing aviator sunglasses? It's the furthest thing from the truth. You criticize Joe Biden, folks. Look out because you're gonna get it from Joe Unity Biden. He's he's not a gentle guy at all, folks. He really isn't. Um. He writes, so here's how this all ends. The best case for everyone is the Russians, perhaps under the guise of some humanitarian gesture, which I'm going to be honest, folks, I don't see that happening, withdraw to the Russian-speaking areas of Ukraine and some strategic points, things like bridges and airports. Ukraine is essentially divided into two semi-states, western half nominally under Ukrainian control, eastern half a russian zone with a new iron current in place and did that sound like that would be great for 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 the world i mean i don't think so and again i don't think i don't see any way where this scenario plays out now again and this isn't a shot at van buren folks don't misunderstand me i just i think i, I think he even concedes this is the best case um but i don't think for he himself even thinks that, that that's what's going to take place. If Vladimir Putin cared about some humanitarian gesture, you think he would have invaded Ukraine in the first place? Because I don't believe so. And again, Putin is a ruthless, murderous dictator. He doesn't care who has to die so that he has more land or so that he has more ports or so that he looks as if he has more power in the world. He doesn't care about that. Putin settles back into his easy chair under this scenario. His brushback pitch to the West dealt out a serious spanking. He holds some new territory as a prize. He can announce victory at home. His now bloodied troops are better positioned if he ever needs to ever push West again. 
NATO, meanwhile, under this scenario, can also claim some measure of victory, validating all the propaganda about the valiant Ukrainian people. Status quo of Europe resets, oil and gas keep flowing westward. Well, Putin made this strategy clear and has asked for a ceasefire that Ukraine accept demilitarization, declare itself neutral, drop its bid to join NATO. He does not really want the cities. He does not want to occupy a hostile population. That's why he agreed to safe corridors westward for refugees and why he has held back sustained shelling and rocket, uh, rocketing of Kiev. Just for now, that is. Next best case is NATO makes a secret agreement to keep Ukraine out of the alliance in return for Putin withdrawing in whole or in part. Now, this is tricky diplomacy, though, because it cannot appear as if NATO appeased Putin. Well, I would say right now, Joe Biden. I mean, I, 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 folks, you heard on this program, I was talking about the, I was making the comparison between Joe Biden and Neville Chamberlain, the former U, um, UK prime minister, that Joe Biden was already, Joe Biden and NATO were appeasing Vladimir Putin. You know, I compared it to the way Barack Hussein Obama was saying in 2014, no, this isn't going to be another Cold War when Vladimir Putin, Putin took Crimea. And then you remember in 2008, under George W. Bush, well, Vladimir Putin took Georgia. Now, there was a gap there for four years, the Trump administration, and guess what? Joe Biden, or Donald Trump, Joe Biden, <laughs> Donald Trump, nothing happened under the Trump administration. Vladimir Putin was in check. Vladimir Putin was afraid of Donald Trump. And by the way, folks, any liberal out there telling you that, oh, well, well, it's just because Donald Trump was, was he, he, he supported Vladimir Putin. Well, really? So if, Don, if, if, if that was to be true, wouldn't he have wanted to take Ukraine knowing that he was going to have support? from the American president, or again, maybe liberals are just lying to you. I don't know, folks. I don't keep up too much, you know. Anyway, so this is tricky diplomacy. It cannot appear NATO appeased Putin, and it cannot seem in the eyes of the world that Putin lost. Russians now would be tempted to leak the secret agreement to show they had achieved their goal. Resulting denials from NATO would seem shallow. This scenario, also unlikely, as it requires Russia to trade land for a promise from the West. Now, a very bad case would be a decision by Putin to occupy and destroy Ukraine, install a puppet government, roll his army right to the Polish border as if it was 1975 all over again. This idea may be, may be tempting to Putin. He can claim full victory, be done forever with the Ukrainian problem, leave NATO looking emasculated, strike fear into the other former satellites, leave Biden out of a job in his self-proclaimed role as leader of the free world. He makes the argument, Biden has overplayed his hand, not recognizing there is almost nothing he can do to affect the situation on the ground. Sanctions, by the way, it didn't stop Putin from invading. Sanctions are really highly unlikely to cause Putin to retreat, Russia is now the world's most sanctioned country. Uh, they're more sanctioned now than North Korea or Iran so far away. Now, the biggest problem for Biden is history and voters remembering him as the president who watched the rebuilding of the Iron Curtain. By claiming in his State of the Union address 
that Putin had shaken the very foundations of the free world, Biden created the impression he's going to put a stop to something of that scale. Well, now, though, following the embarrassing finale in Afghanistan, any ending in Ukraine that looks like a Putin win pretty much ends the effective portion of the Biden presidency. And he says that leaves us only to consider the horrible case where someone in NATO tries for a no-fly or sets up a refugee-protected zone, as was done in the former Yugoslavia. Zelensky knows partisan, uh, partisans with rifles are only going to get him so far. He needs direct Western military intervention to survive. By the way, how about those 29 MiG fighters that um, Poland wanted to send and Joe Udine said, yep, no way. What about that, folks? He also says, imagine an incident where an American is taken prisoner by the Russians. By the way, stay tuned, folks. We're going to get to that in a second because there's some stories that I don't think the media is covering. I don't, I don't think they even want to quite talk about it. Um, so I'll get to that here in a second. Anyway, so Van Buren finalizing his piece. Not going to happen is some sort of regime change also inside of Russia. Putin has been in charge for 22 years and controls the media, the military, and the intelligence services. Those were the people who brought Putin to power in Russia's last coup. There is no means to the end the West wishes well, or the West wishes for, and no clear evidence the people of Russia want such an outcome in the first place. After all, a million pink hats in Washington accomplished very little. A few protests scattered across the vastness of Russia are exaggerated for a Western audience. And what could... Now, I think, by the way, I think those protests... I mean, it, 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 it is good to see that that's happening. Um, but a, a, like you had earlier today, um, there was this woman who was actually protesting literally on state-run Russian television. Uh, where is this? This is an NBC News protester with no war sign walks onto Russian state TV set. Um, a protester interrupted Russia's main evening news broadcast earlier today holding a sign and the sign literally says no war telling viewers not to believe the station's propaganda uh it's happened on the uh, state-owned widely watched channel one in russia uh independent ovd info human rights group said the woman was named listen to this get ready marina of good lord god bless who's gonna get that name right and that she had been detained, call her Marina, and that she had been detained and taken into custody. I mean, you know, that's, it's, it's just astonishing, folks. There's no freedom of speech over there in Russia. This woman, she goes onto the set, she's got her little no war sign, and then boom, just like that. Yeah, well, you're detained. You're in custody now. Um, so he says, what, and, and what could make life more interesting than one of the world's largest stockpiles of nuclear weapons having no one firmly in charge. Of course, talking about a regime change in Russia. Anything can happen. All these scenarios, he says, but Putin losing in Ukraine seems among the most unlikely of scenarios. And, and, and folks, that is not good news for Joe Unity Biden. Now, on the topic of Americans being held hostage in Russia, 
at this point in time, with what Russia is doing in Ukraine, I want to make sure that all of our Americans are out of Russia because this um, WNBA player, Brittany Griner, Brittany Griner, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. We're going to go with Griner. Um, listen to this headline. Is the latest American to be detained in Russia as supporters work desperately to free them? Now, I, I would want to see the American news media covering this, I mean, every single day and saying, hey, we have Americans who are basically trapped in Russia right now. And by the way, maybe this is a bonehead move on Brittany Griner's part. Uh, she had cannabis oil. By the way, folks, stay away from the weed, from the marijuana, from the ganja. You know, I, I, to me, I don't, I don't think it does um a whole lot. Hey, I get the the medical aspect of it, and if medical marijuana works for you, then my my God, you know, be my guest. Go ahead, do what you want to do. Um, I just, you know, for me, folks, on a personal note, I, it, it it ain't for me. I'll just leave it at that. But she had cannabis oil in her luggage while in a Moscow airport. By the way, folks, I'm not saying that I'm some kind of weed expert. So, you know, if you have a, a disagreeing point, then then that's fine. I'm not saying, like like I said, it's just it just ain't for me. Uh, so Griner had cannabis oil in her luggage while in a Moscow airport last month. She was accused, uh, and uh, Russian authorities accused her of smuggling significant amounts of a narcotic substance, which is an offense punishable by up to 10 years in prison in prison in Russia um Russian authority now it's not only Brittany Griner but Trevor Reed Russian authorities claim that this guy Trevor Reed resisted arrest and attacked officers they responded to complaints of a disturbance um Reed's girlfriend who was with him that night heavily disputed police allegations uh said the police constantly were changing their story and uh Reed was too drunk to resist them um also paul whelan another american well listen to this are you how about this have you ever met somebody who is american irish british and canadian and a former u.s marine god bless them but my god how many nationalities is the you know how many countries does this guy belong to either way he's a former u.s marine and an american citizen that's why i want him out of russia he was detained at a Moscow hotel in 2018, resist, uh, arrested on espionage charges. Uh, uh, by the way, U.S. officials said the trial where he was convicted and sentenced uh, June 2020, he was uh, sentenced to 16 years in prison. You know, and, and by the way, he was denying all of it. So, folks, I just I want Americans out of Russia right now. I really do. Um, now, folks, I want you to remember this article here now this is in the daily mail and I, I i just read this right before we came on air as well but i thought it was very interesting so here's the headline putin's forces may only be able to keep up the fight for another 14 days these are what defense sources say as increasingly desperate invaders launch more devastating strikes on kiev Russian forces may only now again remember this folks because if in 14 10 to 14 days uh senior UK defense sources were saying 10 to 14 days Russian forces that's the only the, that's the amount of time that Russian forces will be able uh to sustain full fighting capacity so folks we should check back in on this 10 to 14 days and see where uh where we stand on that
And again, this is according to senior UK defense sources. They say that Kiev has Moscow on the run. Russian, the Russian army could be just two weeks away from a culmination point after which the strength of Ukraine's resistance should become greater than Russia's attacking force. Advances across Ukraine have already stopped as Moscow's manpower runs short. Uh, Zelensky, echoing this optimism, quote, soon the number of downed helicopters of Russia will reach hundreds of units. They've already lost 80 warplanes, hundreds of tanks, and thousands of other units of equipment. 19 days, the Russian army has lost more in Ukraine than in two bloody and years-long wars in Chechnya. So folks, I, you know, I really want that optimism. I want that to come to fruition. Don't get me wrong. I really do. But you notice, again, that's why I, I keep saying it's so hard to say, okay, well, the, these are the facts coming out of Ukraine, or this is propaganda. Propaganda on both sides, by the way. Propaganda coming from not only Russia, but Ukraine as well. Again, we, we don't know what we can verify, what we can't verify. Because if you read, again, the article I just shared, Van Buren's say uh, uh, research and his um, position on it, he says Putin losing in Ukraine, it, it just seems like the most unlikely of scenarios. He even says, you know, it's it's sort of propaganda coming here, you know, this false sense of Russian setbacks that are coming from, and, and maybe not even Russia and Ukraine, but maybe from western countries as well maybe from the west also because here's the uk they're coming out and saying well yep 10 to 14 days and russia that that might be the end of it you know what they'll check check back in folks i try to give you as many facts as as possible on this program now the one person who i have not been happy with since well (laughs) actually a long time before january 20th 2021 but who i continue to not be able to stand, you bet, Joe Unity Biden. Earlier today, Joe Unity, I grew up, oh, he was given this speech, and he was, he squinted for like the entire time. What's with the squinting always? I mean, if Joe needs a pair of glasses, get the man a pair of glasses. I go and make the words bigger on the teleprompter. Though I don't know how many, how much bigger the font size can possibly reach. I mean, Joe Unity, I saw him, he was um, giving a speech, I want to say it was in Michigan, and there was video of the teleprompter, oh my god, I mean, that font size was like up to 72, it was huge, um, so earlier today, he said, oh, I grew up in a family where when the price of gas went up at the pump, a gas station, we talked about it, at the kitchen table, well, really, Joe, because gas prices were flat for Biden's entire childhood. Oh, by the way, did he tell you that he was born in Scranton, Pennsylvania? He loves to tell that. Then again, here we go with this again. Make no mistake, the current price in gas is because of the fault of Vladimir Putin. It's got nothing to do with the American Rescue Plan. It's got nothing to do with Joe's policies when gas was already rising to record levels before February 21st when Vladimir Putin uh, began, began the process, I say, of invading Ukraine. Uh, Jen Psaki was asked earlier, how high is the administration expecting gas prices to go? Well, uh, uh, I, oh, she's so, and by the way, she is so smug. She's just such an arrogant woman. She really is. She will blatantly lie to your face and not think, uh, uh, not think a single thing of it. You know, it's just, she's totally disgusting. There's no soul in that woman's body. Um, I don't, 
I don't have a... Oh, and she's a ginger, too, by the way. You know what they say about gingers. They don't have souls. Oh, Jen Psaki. I don't have a prediction from here in terms of what it could look like. We still believe it will continue to go up. There you go, folks. Gas prices are going to go up from $4.32 nationally. That's optimism, right? Um, oh, and on the so earlier this, um, over the weekend, how about this headline? Iran, so far away, claims missile attack on Iraq that sent U.S. troops rushing for shelter. Iran, this is in, where was this? Wall Street Journal. Iran's top paramilitary force claimed responsibility for a missile attack early on Sunday that slammed into northern Iraq, sending U.S. troops rushing for shelter, shattering windows, and creating new complications for diplomatic efforts to ease tensions with Tehran. Now, it's, Iraq, uh, by the way, Iran's come out and said, well, uh, we were targeting uh, Israel. Oh, all right, so that makes it okay? I mean, last time I checked, I thought Israel was our ally. Well, you know how the Democratic Party feel about Israel. So that's going on in Iran. We're going to get back to Iran in a second. But I want to give you another headline here and set up this um, piece that Michael Goodwin writes in the New York Post. So here's, this is in Fox News um, earlier, or was this earlier? Uh, yesterday. China, doesn't matter. China warns of worse consequences for any country that supports Taiwan militarily. One of our allies, by the way. Taiwan, and and you see, you the uh, folks, the writing is on the wall. As far as the Taiwanese people, good luck, because China is very much setting up to reunify, as they say, with Taiwan, folks. Well, it, what reunify? They're just going to take over Taiwan. That's and I think they're watching what's going on, and I think that Vladimir Putin and President Xi Jinping of China. Who again? I remember Joe. I you know remember when Joe was saying in the um, build up to the election, even after the election, even after the guy was you know so called elected. We got to put the parentheses over that Malin voting, LOL, eighty one million. But when Joe, after Joe became the president, well, Joe was saying that he was going to hold China accountable. Well, still to this point, what is it now? March fourteenth, and Joe is yet to hold China accountable. By the way, folks, I don't know if I mentioned this, but Hunter Biden, Joe's son, he made a $1.5 billion deal. The Bank of China, state-run, by the way, Bank of China. Any country supporting Taiwan militarily would face the worst consequences China's government warned on Saturday, adding that no one and no force would be able to stop the Communist Party if it took action against the island country. How about that, huh? You're going to be met with the worst consequences. What, I, I want to know, what is Joe going to do about that? Because Joe hasn't said a single thing about China. They just have cultural differences. They just have different values, he was saying, about the Uyghur Muslims who are being put into concentration camps in China. Why would we, I mean, why would we want to do business with a communist-controlled country who has concentration camps in 2022? That should go to show you, folks, first of all, how blessed we all are to be Americans, and secondly, that evil still exists in this world. So you have China, and you have Iran, right? Well, how about this? Throw Russia into there as well, folks, and you get, and I, by the way, Michael Goodwin, God bless you, buddy, because I said this, uh, I believe it was last week, 
that we have the new access powers of the world. You know, when it came to Germany, Italy, and Japan, and they were the access powers against the Allied powers in World War II, Michael Goodwin writes in the New York Post, there you have it, the new access of evil, Russia, China, and Iran. Yeah, you bet, no doubt about it. So he writes um, in the New York Post over the weekend, Biden is letting Putin run the Iran nuclear talks. Why? That's the only question I have for Joe. Why, Joe? We're going to give Iran $1.5 billion more cash, drop it on the tarmac so that they can get nuclear weapons? I mean, how stupid do you have to be? Or again, maybe it's all intentional. Joe said that I'm overperforming. Well, if you're overperforming, Joe, what are your motives, my man? So some stories, Goodwin writes, make so little sense that all you can do is scratch your head. Others are so infuriating that you want to pull your hair out. Then there are those that are just so outrageous, your head feels as though it'll explode. This story provokes all three reactions. It starts with a strange little-known fact. Russia is acting as a go-between with the United States in nuclear talks with Iran. Why does Joe think that's a good idea, folks? Why, why, by the way, why are we even negotiating with a country like Iran, who chants, death to America, death to America, in their own parliament, and on top of that, burns the American flag? Why would we want to negotiate with them? Now, he says, when I first read that, I thought it couldn't possibly be true with Russia than massing troops on the Ukraine border. I assumed that even the Biden White House couldn't be foolish enough to trust Vladimir Putin to do anything in good faith or certainly anything in America's interest. Unfortunately, you bet, the story was true. Even more alarming, though, Russia continues to direct the nuclear talks with America's approval while its army simultaneously turns Ukraine cities into rubble, mercilessly, excuse me, killing civilians and creating the largest refugee crisis since World War II. In response, U.S. and Europe have sanctioned Russia's economy and Putin's cronies. The West is also supplying weapons to Ukraine and helping to care for more than 2 million refugees. But shouldn't America also sever the relationship with Putin and the Iran talks? You know, after all, since we don't trust him in Ukraine and want to isolate him, why should we trust him on whether Iran gets nuclear weapons? It always defied any meaning of common sense for Biden to believe Putin cares about safeguarding America and our allies, including Israel. He says, so now is the time to correct the error. And again, he says, one of the scenarios may have played out here. Unfortunately for us, folks, Biden got played again. The surface explanation of why is simple. Iran refuses to meet directly with American negotiators, so a go-between was, well, needed. But why Russia? The most likely reason is that Iran and Russia maneuvered the U.S. into endorsing the Russian role. Count that as yet another foreign policy screw-up by Biden, Blinken, Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, a.k.a. 
the three blind mice he refers to him as. By the way, you can call, I mean, there's evidence there. Did Again, Joe was squinting so hard earlier. It wasn't even funny. Kind of felt half bad for the guy. If I didn't know he was just full of total evil throughout his whole entire body. Still, the head-exploding question is, why didn't Biden stop the arrangement when Putin launched the Ukraine invasion? Why doesn't he stop it now as the growing slaughter in Ukraine horrifies the world? It's possible he wants to preserve a relationship in case Putin wants an off-ramp from Ukraine. But Putin increasingly seems to have a different interpretation, namely that Biden is weak and easily deterred from confrontation. If so, we could end up with the worst outcome in both cases. No end to the bloodletting in Ukraine and also a bad nuclear deal with Iran. Or again, maybe the Biden administration wants a nuclear deal with Iran. Well, they definitely want to deal with Iran, a bad one. I think a bad one for any sane, rational, common sense thinking American. Yeah, but when it comes to this administration, folks, you can you just know if you think of common sense, just think the Biden administration's thinking the exact opposite. Meanwhile, Biden keeps in place his curbs on American energy production as he rummages through the dictator's phone book for sources of gas and oil to replace the Russian fuel he embargoed. And again, good thing, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, they're not even taking Joe Unity Biden's phone calls right now. Of course, our president is Robert Gates, members, former United States Secretary of Defense under George W. Bush and Barack Hussein Obama. As Gates famously said, Joe Biden has been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the past four decades. Also, the same guy, Joe Unity Biden, about whom Barack Hussein Obama, oh, by the way, I want to just, because the left wouldn't do this. It was a prominent Republican that had COVID. But I want to just extend my best and well wishes to Barack Hussein Obama, who announced yesterday that he uh, he has COVID. I don't know if Michelle does as well. But I want to say, I hope Barack Hussein Obama gets better, recovers from COVID. I really do, because I kind of think he's running the country. I don't know, folks. Um, and, not, and not as if it's a good thing, folks, but, you know is what it is. I expend my, my best wishes to Barack Hussein. Remember Barack was saying though, do not underestimate Joe's ability to F things up. And uh, Goodwin finishes his piece and asks the question, why should this time be different? And folks, unfortunately, that is, I would say, that is the best categorization of what Joe Unity Biden has done to this country since January 20th of 2021. He has, quote, effed things up. Again, that was Barack Hussein, COVID-ridden Barack Hussein, who said that, but I said my best wishes to Barack Hussein Obama. We have 700 and we have entered now the 728th day of slowing the spread. The Joe Unity Biden administration now has 1,042 days left for all of us to endure 